0: Welcome to the Coach Cahill Show, an audio masterclass on how to move the needle on your performance and impact as an athlete, parent, or coach. Here's your host, Coach Cahill.
1: What's up, Coach Nation? Coach Cahill here to talk to you about how athletes can overcome pressure with Cowboys Punter Hunter Nieswander, Make sure you stick around to hear about Hunter's wild 5 a.m. run and sub-zero temperatures to college conditioning, his short but fun stint in the XFL, and learn why exactly he had NFL specialists Young Wei Koo, Zach Trinner, and Austin McGinnis living on the floor of his one-bedroom apartment three years ago. Enjoy. I've never met an NFL specialist who dreamed of being an NFL specialist. It just kind of happened or like kicking and punting seems to like find you before you find it. So I'm curious, how did kicking find you or how did punting find you?
2: Yeah, that's so true. Um, so I started off as probably mostly kickers or punters. I started off in soccer. So I grew up playing high level soccer. Um, I played a lot of football as well. And then I played uh, AAU basketball. So football was really kind of like my third sport. I love soccer and basketball. I was like, yeah, I'll play football to play with my friends. You know, I love like, I played quarterback growing up. um, So that was kind of my thing. And then as soccer kind of took off, I really started to focus on that going into high school. Uh, But a bunch of my high school friends were like, just like, do something. You can be like the kicker on the high school team. Um, So literally a week before the first game of my freshman year, I went out and just tried out kicking. I went to one of the practices and they just had me like hit field goals and kickoffs. And a week later, I ended up starting on varsity. So um, it was a quick learning curve. My very first kickoff, uh, I'll never forget this. I went up there and I took my steps. I went to kick the ball and I literally slipped and fell and hit like a low line dribbler (laughs) right down the middle for about 20 yards. Um, And that was my welcome to high school varsity football. So. Um, and then after that, I still continue to focus on soccer until basically after my sophomore year, um, that's when I started punting and I started getting letters from like, you know, ACC, big 10, SEC schools. And I, you know, I took them to my head football coach. I'm like, coach, like, what are these? Like, why am I getting these? He's like, you can get a four-eyed scholarship for kicking a football. Like you should take this pretty seriously. I was like, no way. He's like, Yeah, you can get a full ride doing this. Um, so after that I was basically sold. I was like, You're telling me I can kick in football and get a full ride scholarship for college, like I'm I'm all in. Um, so that's kind of where it all began.
1: And I, I think a lot of people don't understand, like in the NFL, even in the college level, like the your, the kickers and punters are really good athletes. Like most of the guys in the NFL, like like Zach Triner for the Bucks, he played d1 lacrosse for a while like young way was a sick soccer player for a long time um and you're actually like really big like you're bigger than probably your long snapper like yeah. what are you six you're six five
2: yeah i'm six five uh 235 right now so yeah I, I was in high school though i came into my freshman year i was like 6'1 150 so i grew a bit since then i got a bit a muscle on me so yeah it's once i focused on football my i feel like my body kind (laughs) of (laughs) changed
1: now now where did you play high school football
2: i'm from akron ohio so i went to a small public high school uh called woodridge high school it's a division four so in ohio it's like one through seven so i was division four a very small high school i was actually like the first kid to get a division one scholarship for football from my high school so um shout out Woodridge.
1: (laughs) But I, yeah, I mean, I'm from New England and, or the Northeast and yeah, people here like football, people in the Midwest like love football.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even for a division four school, we would have over 5,000 people for our home games. So yeah, I mean, it was still, it was still Ohio high school football.
1: Yeah. I don't even think we ever had, Five hundred people at even a college game. I played out here. I played in upstate New York at a D three school, and it was a big deal if we had like a hundred people. We're like, yo, there's like the stands are like half filled today, guys. <laughs> Let's um, go. <laughs> yeah. <I know. laughs> um. So, can you talk about what that? Uh, so, you played at Northwestern, right? And yep. So, can you talk a little bit about what the jump from high school? to college football was like for you from like uh like I guess there's always that moment for freshmen in high school I'm sorry freshmen in college and it doesn't matter if you play football or not or a sport every freshman has that moment where like they're in their dorm room or they're by themselves on campus and they're like what the heck did I get myself into so yeah. like what did you have that like freshman oh no moment and then like what was that adjustment like to college like socially athletically academically
2: Socially, it was really good. Um, Northwestern is one of those schools where like the athletes hang on, hang around the athletes a lot. Um, so that was nice. I feel like right away I connected with, you know, my teammates, but then guys from other sports. Um, but academically, that was, that was the biggest wake up call. So um, I got there that summer, you know, do the whole summer thing where you train with the team and take your summer classes. That summer class was like, okay, let's go. This is not too bad at all. And then the fall starts and it's like, we were on trimester. So the first trimester is like fifth week of the season. So you're already moving through the season. Um, I was redshirted my freshman year, which was definitely a blessing in disguise. I didn't like it at that point, but looking back on it, I'm so thankful I did. Um, but school year starts and I just do, I just do terrible academically. Like it was a huge change for me. Um, And I remember I got, like, I failed one of my quizzer tests or something like that. And you have to go in for, like, early workouts if that happens. Um, So I remember it was, like, beginning of the winter, probably end of November, early December, end of the season. And um, I had to go in for, like, a 5 a.m. workout. And my car didn't start. And our workout facility is off campus by about, like, a mile and a half. And so I had to, it was literally like zero degree. It was probably the coldest day it had been up to that point. It was no joke, probably zero degrees that morning. And I had to like run like a mile and a half with my coat on and everything to make sure I got to the 5 a.m. punishment workout on time. So you, you had pre And that was a wake up. Yeah, exactly. So that, that moment was my wake up call to you better get your academics in line with your football as well. So yeah, I'll never forget that.
1: And how do, how seriously do your, did your college coaches take the academics? I think, I mean, I played D3, like we weren't a, a big school at all. Like you know, nobody's playing on Sundays out of the school I went to. But, like, if I ever failed a test, like, you get a text message from the coach, like, within an hour. Like, yeah. <laughs> hey, what, what the heck happened? See me in the office. What, exactly. what was it like in Northwestern?
2: I was more of the same. I mean, Coach Fitz, at that point, my whole entire career there, we didn't have, like, a special teams coordinator, per se. So, Coach Fitz was, like, our special teams coordinator. So, that's who I met with on a daily daily basis um so being the head coach he like took that very seriously especially since he went there too he knows you know he knows what it's about so um yeah i i had to report to him and also receive you know crisp punishment from him as well
1: gotcha and so you transition all right so you're getting your feet under you academically they bring you in on a scholarship correct Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so, but obviously they expect you to compete for it. Um, mm-hmm. and in high school, even if it's not a kicking position, like most, and you played in a small high school, so you probably know a lot of times kids wind up in the starting position because that's the only kid at that spot. Uh, but it, whereas in college there, there might be five or six kickers, even, you know, like 20 mm-hmm. wide receivers. So, uh, what was that journey like from being redshirted your freshman year to to eventually starting and solidifying yourself like what what was the competition like during practice
2: um was, i mean pretty much every practice even if you're once you're the starter it's it's competition because um like you said there's that guy underneath you or above you that's trying to beat you day in day out so um Looking back on it, I was, I was very thankful for that because, like you said, I didn't have that really in high school. My freshman year, I competed with a senior, um, but we were both in the same boat where we had never kicked a, a football before. We both played soccer. So um, after that, I didn't really have any competition the rest of my high school career. Uh, so the only competition I got was like, you know, going to a college, a college camp competing for the scholarship, basically. Um, so once you get into college, it's like that every single day. So, um, your focus has to be there. Your, your preparation has to be there both mentally and physically. So, um, that's where you kind of begin to shift into a professional. I think that's what college is, was about for me was, um, learning what this looked like as a professional and being able to do that, you know, on a daily basis. And it takes time. It's not like, That was a a one-year deal, two-year deal. deal. Like, really, I didn't feel like I had my routine down to where I know I can do this and keep getting better until probably my senior year. Um, Some guys may be different, but I feel like with academics and football, I really didn't have that balance till my senior year. Mm
1: -hmm. And when you meet other NFL guys like – i'll just use Zach because he's who we have in common but he has yeah i remember one time he had i was with him and he was working out and uh one of his snaps was off by a little bit so he like took out this really thick moleskin notebook and he like wrote down like a bunch of bullet points looked up a couple things he had like everything marked off and, and like he and so anyway like basically he has like, that's like his snapping manual. Like he knows exactly how he works. He has like, that's his reflection, his self-coaching practice. Um, I'm curious for you, like, do you, did you have, do you have like a self-coaching practice like that, like journaling or some guys do prayer meditation or a combination of all three? Um, And and what was that kind of like, or I guess, sorry, what's your, what is your self-coaching like? Cause most kickers have to become their own coach to some extent.
2: Yeah. So I feel like it's kind of like two different things. So I have like my self-coaching where, you know, same sort of thing. I'll keep like notes on my phone as like, if I'm filming that session, um, I'll also do things on the field to, that'll give me instant feedback. So I'll set up cones. If I'm going directional left, I'll set up six cones where I start my first step and my second step. So I know, you know, when I make that, plant in the grass if it's past that i know it's too far right there immediate feedback i need to shorten up so that i can get through the ball better um and then i'll put cones where in the box where i want it to go so again immediate feedback directionally am i am i finishing in that correct direction to make that ball go that way Is my drop in line with that and then if i'm filming that session i can look right back at and see if my drops where it needs to be so those are all little things that honestly like I don't think about in the moment that I can naturally expose my training to, Mm -hmm. um, to just get better instantly, rather than having to wait, go back, look at film after, and then, you know, next section, I can do one rep and know exactly what I'm doing right or doing wrong and go back and finish the rest of my set doing what I need to do. Um, so that's been huge for me. And then you talked about like prayer and faith, like faith is like, number one priority for me. So I feel like that has helped me put things in perspective. Like my relationship with the Lord I know is most important to me. So it kind of relaxes me, you know, when I pray or I take that time to like get in the word before um, I have a game or something like that, it allows me to just put my mind in the right place and go out there and punt freely.
1: I, I I'm curious, like how your, your spiritual upbringing, um kind of impacted who you are as a person and an athlete um because i think that that plays a big role like part of uh i guess how you see the world is informed by your beliefs and your values and a lot of people's values are formed from like their spiritual background or the type of religion they grew up in um Mm -hmm. would you mind kind of talking about that
2: yeah for sure so i grew up in a in a christian household my parents are both strong believers um And from a young age, you know, we went to church, we did that sort of thing, but uh, I didn't really take like faith as my own, didn't realize, you know, there's a relationship, there's a relationship that I personally have with the Lord until probably like seventh grade. Um, And from there, I feel like that changed my whole outlook and the way uh, I live my life. I feel like he continues to work in my life and just show me uh, kind of the way I should walk. So just... Um as an athlete, I think having that time with him, you know, ideally, I do it, I do it daily. Um, it just informs um, the way that I should interact with people, the way I should uh, perform as an athlete. So I think it just allows me to to punt freely because I know ultimately like it's it's a job. I love my job, but it's not who I am. You know, my identity, my, um, my value is already in the Lord and it's, you know, I believe my place is already in heaven and that's secure. Nothing in this world can take that away. So if that's my ultimate reward and that's my ultimate, um, dream, then I don't have to worry about, okay, I have a bad time. Like that's, that's nothing in the grand scheme of, you know, eternity. I still have, you know, a father in heaven who loves me because of who I am, um, and not because I punt a football, good or bad. So, and then at the same time, it's it's motivation to use the gifts that He has given me uh, to glorify Him with. It's not it's not about me. You know, I don't want it to be about me because I'm never going to be good enough. But I know He is, so I want to use that uh, platform to point back to Him.
1: But I think that's a, that's a great point, though, that your faith has helped you to relax and have confidence in who you are outside of football because Mm -hmm. like I remember I went to I went to Catholic school like kindergarten through 12th grade and it wasn't until I went to college where there was no like Catholicism like in your face where I was like huh like I wonder like what I actually believe because in Catholic school it's just Mm. around you all the time
2: Mm. and
1: like the stereotype on Catholics is like you could go to Catholic school for 12 years never crack open a Bible and like you know, it's all good because, like, in the Catholic tradition, it's not as encouraged. Um, but then I did Fellowship of Christian Athletes with a couple of my buddies who were like Presbyterian or Lutheran. And they were like, yeah. Yo, what's your favorite Bible verse? And I'm like, You guys read the Bible? They're like, You went to Catholic <laughs> school for 12 years and you never read, like, open the Bible. Um, yeah. But I think, like, that helped me as well when I played. To like draw like a clearer line between like who you are as a person versus like who you are as like a student or a friend or a, an athlete. Um, did you find like early on in your punting that, or maybe when you were younger, but like I notice this when I work with younger kickers or athletes, like their mood is dependent upon how they perform. So like if they have a great day in practice, suddenly they're a good person, and if they have a bad day in practice suddenly they're a bad person now it's a bad day then it's a bad couple of days um like did you ever experience that and then if you feel like you're entering into that like downward spiral how do you kind of self-correct because you you might not have much time in between reps in a game to like flip that switch and write the ship
2: yeah for sure yeah i mean i feel like as an athlete like you're gonna have that nobody's perfect right you know that's just That's just obvious. Um, And so I think when you have a a bad rep or even a bad practice or even a bad game, like it's important to for me to, again, remind myself that this, you know, this game is temporary. Like it's not, it's not going to last forever. This life is not going to last forever. Everything is very short lived here on this earth. So like you have to just remind yourself of that, forget about it and move on to the next opportunity like ultimately as an athlete like you're gonna make mistakes and you can't linger on those you have to focus on getting better and um just letting he's still there sorry my phone yeah. had some way of notification but um just letting letting yourself have that you know for it, whether it's a brief second if it's a rep having you know a time a brief second where where you can have that frustration and then you let it go and then you refocus back in because I don't think it's realistic to just say nah like that miss doesn't bother me I think that's just like that's a lot like it's human nature it's right. going to affect you so let it have its short effect and then let it go it's over it's done with let's move on to the next rep so um, I think that's something I've learned I feel like growing up all the coaches like you know are even like kicking my high school coaches were like, you know, just forget about it. Let it go right away, you know, like move on to the next one. But I think really you got to, you got to take a second, like say, okay, I missed it. Let's move on. Let's do better next time. Um, So yeah, that's been, that's been important to me.
1: But I think a lot of athletes carry their misses or like if to use a kicking analogy, like some kickers let one kick turn into two because Mm -hmm. their, their mind is they're on the field for the next rep, but their mind is still stuck in the last one that they missed. Like, mm. you know, you could learn everything you need to learn about a missed kick in probably 60 seconds or less. Yeah. Um, it's almost like we're, you know, we're, we're prisoners of the last rep sometimes. Um, but I think, and this is like, uh, I don't know if you play golf at all or not, but. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, of course. Okay. <laughs> of What's course, a specialist a prere- if
2: they don't play golf. Come it's on. a prerequisite. Yeah.
1: And, um, <laughs> there's a, there's an author, Bob Ritella. So he wrote golf's not a game of perfect. And he talks about, it's funny. Cause he actually works with a bunch of kickers. I think he worked with like Nick Novak and like Ryan Suckup, and doesn't know anything about kicking. It just works on like the mental side, but anyway, mental
0: side. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But he said, he, he basically said like, you know, the best golfers, um, when they're about to take a putt, They have like this inner arrogance that like, they're the best thing ever. But then right after the putt, they know how to flip it off. And they're just like a normal person. Mm. And I think like sometimes younger kids struggle with confidence because, well, one, you're a young person and you don't know who the heck you are. Right. So like, how can you have confidence in something you don't know, you know, exactly what you are anyway. And so it's almost like kids don't want to be overly confident because they don't want to appear arrogant. Um, so I guess like, as for you as an athlete, like, how do you balance, how do you balance that fine line between like confidence and like arrogance, if that kind of makes sense or like, or like kind of that weird dance between like confidence and humility at the same time. Yeah, You're talking about like
2: on on the field, how to like make sure you're at your best, but also being a good. A good teammate
1: <laughs> sure like yeah so like obviously when Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl he's not going to stand up there and say like I'm the best thing ever because we'd all be like man what a jerk but like yeah. you know when he's back there slinging it like part of him has to think he's awesome because if he didn't he wouldn't be doing what he's doing so how do you kind of balance how do you have that like confidence with humility as you're performing
2: yeah I mean I'm definitely not perfect at it but for me it comes back to like my faith so my whole thing is going into a game is playing for an audience of ones. Like, what does that mean? I, I think Carson Wentz, you know, he has his whole nonprofit organization that's called AO1. So, uh, you know, for me, it's all about, you know, not worrying about who's on the field, who's in the stands, you know, what the situation is. My ultimate goal is to do my very best to glorify the Lord in that moment. Um, and then trusting the gifts he's given me and the work that I've been able to do to get to that point. So again, that goes back to me being able to relax, and at that moment, I know I I'm prepared. I know I've been placed in this moment to do what I can do. Um, so that just gives me confidence and gives me freedom to do it. And then and then on top of that, I feel like my kind of focus is when I'm back there. I I get like this aggression. You know, I want to be aggressive when i punt the ball so i kind of think about like a mamba you gotta have like that mama mentality um where it's like i'm i'm here to dominate so yeah i i can do this and i'm ready to dominate this rep Um, you know in basketball it's like every play and stuff but like as a punter it's like it's it's one rep you gotta dominate that rep and so um that's kind of like my mindset when i get back there of course i don't think about all this it's kind of something you do pre-game And then in warmups, you kind of go through that feeling each rep of warmups and then come game time. Yeah, honestly, it's, I'm like, I'm pretty much blank when I'm back there. Just let my body take control. And yeah, I don't even really think about it at that point.
1: That's awesome. And and so, yeah, because you you can't punt and think at the same time.
2: It's just. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't work. (laughs) Too many moving pieces.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I think a lot of kids, they think like they could almost like i and i fell into this trap early on in high school and college um before i learned how to chill out was like i was like oh if i could just like out i can out technique the competition but like i would forget to like be aggressive and actually like kick it so like i sat the bench i was like a perp like a stereotypical practice hero you know i looked great on the sidelines but like you know kids with poor form were crushing me because they swung with some confidence and I didn't. So mm-hmm. um I think almost always like when in doubt, like just rip it and then see what happens. Exactly. Cause almost any swing will work when you're super aggressive.
2: I, I couldn't agree more. And honestly, uh coach I worked with starting like sophomore year of High School, who I continue to work with, like his his name's Philip Filipovic. Um he's out of Chicago. Um and his whole thing is like, be an athlete. Like you're not some robot back there, like be an athlete. So if like you start having to miss it or something like that, just take, why don't you just take three diagonal. If you're kicking a field goal, just take three diagonal steps back and go swing the ball as hard as you can see what happens. And then go from there. Like his whole thing is you're not, every rep is not going to be perfect. Everything's not going to go your way. So you got to be able to be an athlete and attack the ball when you need to.
1: Right. Yeah. When in doubt, usually aggression will will give you an 80% chance of making it. Um, yeah. and so, okay, I'm, I'm curious what was maybe a moment of failure for you as a, as a punter or as a, as a specialist. And then how did that moment of coming up short set you up for later long-term success?
2: Um, the first thing that comes to mind is just coming out of college. Uh, I only had a mini camp invite with the Steelers, um, and I thought I did. I did really well there, but they, at that point, they had already had two veteran punters signed to the ninety man. Um, so I got, I got cut. I got let go basically right after mini camp. Um, and for me, that just that's fueled my fire because at that point, I saw, I knew at that point, seeing what I did there, I knew I could do it, and I was determined to get back to that and to get back to that arena you know the NFL um so every day I feel like I woke up just knowing what I wanted to pursue and what my goal was um and I I think that carried me through basically it was like a year and a half I guess until I was finally in the XFL um so yeah you you gotta you gotta want it and you gotta have a why
1: (laughs) right now you have a a story about you Youngway, Ku, and Zach Trinner, all kind of like having free agent boot camp out of your apartment. What was yeah. that? What was that week like of training? And then how? Just kind of tell us that story about how you you three kind of connected.
2: Yeah, so it was also Austin McGinnis. He's with the Rams right now. So, um, it was it was us four basically. Um, we had gone out to Corny's to train for a week, and after that. What would have been my rookie season, Um, we were all free agents and it was like the beginning of that spring and um, being pretty, pretty broke at that point, I didn't have the money to like fly out to Carney's or, you know, pay for some professional training. So I wanted to get around some guys who had experience and also had the same, you know, dreams that I had to, to play at the NFL level and so i I hit ku up i hit austin up and ku knew zach so um i just invited them all for one week to come out to my one bedroom apartment um with my wife too out in virginia she ended up going to to stay no she's awesome she ended up going and staying with her parents that week so it was literally (laughs) us four crashing in this one bedroom apartment um and all we did was just you know talk bounce ideas off of each other what we've learned um go out and kicking it like snowed that week of course so we were shoveling and kicking in the snow pun in the snow working out together um and it's it's crazy to see you know after that week of training and where we are now you know we're all we're, we all have jobs in the nfl at this point so it's like really cool to kind of look back at that week and see how um how things have gone and how things have progressed to this point it's it's really cool
1: but you yeah you manufactured your own like rocky like training montage moment
2: yeah it was awesome
1: and it's i think it also speaks to like there's just no substitute for being around like-minded people um that -hmm. are all kind of going after the same thing you are um especially like like knowing ku and zach like those guys like they're they're laid back but when they're competing like like they go hard in the weight room, they go hard in the field. Um, and do you think do you think you would have been in like the position you were in to jump to the XFL initially had you not had that week altogether?
2: I learned a lot that week. Mm-hmm. Um, just they, Zach and Ku especially, had a lot more experience than I did to that point, and um, I learned, you know, just their mindset through it all, through like adversity and stuff. And I think that was important for me. Um, Just even coming from that mini camp that, you know, didn't go my way or didn't go the way I I thought it was going to go. Just that adversity and seeing their adversity and being able to use that and understand how to deal with that uh, mentally um, was big for me. And then, like you said, just learning from each other, what we did in the weight room, uh, you know, our habits, warm-up even going on to the field. Um, they're very detailed, like I am. So it was, it was really cool to just kind of go through that and bounce ideas, even if it was, you know, three or four sessions that we did together. I feel like I learned a lot.
1: Sure. And so, you know, what was, the, what was it like in the XFL? Obviously, you only had one year before uh, COVID hit. Um, but what was your experience like in the XFL? And then how do you feel like, that experience set you up for your experience with the Cowboys currently?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I, I loved it. I knew what I was getting into, you know, I knew as the developmental league, um, I knew it wasn't where I wanted to stay. Um, and so like I, my whole mindset going into it was making the most of it, making the most of every rep, every game. Um, because I know I wanted to use that to, you know, hopefully get an opportunity in the NFL. Um, so I loved it. I thought it was very well ran. I thought we had for a developmental league. I thought we had really good, uh, really good fan base, uh, really good facilities, um, good training. And I thought I had a great group of guys in DC. Like I love that team. I feel like we were all gritty and love to grind. Um, a lot of big 10 guys too. So I enjoyed it a lot. And, um, Yeah, I I hope they when they come back with the rock that they succeed because it was an awesome league.
1: Right. Yeah, I remember the games were great too. I mean, it was something to do in the winter time, and um, yeah, it was definitely a bummer. Well, COVID's a bummer in general, but yeah, yeah, it was was definitely a bummer that it kind of shortchanged the XFL. Um, What was your experience? I mean, obviously, we you know uh, you're currently with the Cowboys. Uh, What's been your experience like? playing for them so far.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's the Cowboys, so it's a first class organization through and through. And, um, I've enjoyed it thoroughly down here. Um, I've learned a lot from, I mean, I had a long snapper last year that played 16 years in the league. So it's not, not too often you find anyone that's done something professionally for 16 years. doesn't matter what their profession is, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, I learned a lot from him and again, I think it's a great group of guys and, um, the NFL level is definitely different even from the XFL level. So just learning what that, what that routine is like, what that schedule is like um, it's been awesome. And uh, I'm looking forward to see, see what's to come.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, Hey, you've been more than generous with your time. So um, just one last question, uh, knowing what you know now, um, what would be one piece of advice you would have wished you'd given yourself when you had first started kind of down this road of, trying to be a professional football player
2: that's a good question um I think I think enjoying it um like it's it's not easy to be honest like physically wise sure it's not the toughest job kicking or punting or long snapping but mentally wise it's not easy so just allowing yourself to enjoy it especially at the high school level like you're never going to get those high school years back. Like high school football is just a completely different deal. Just playing with your friends that, you know, your boys that you grew up with, like you got to enjoy that. There's nothing like that. Um, And then once you, if you're fortunate enough to play in college or play in the NFL, or play professionally, like enjoy that too. Cause like I said before, ultimately it's a job and it's not going to last forever. No one is an athlete for their whole entire life. Like that's just, That's just a fact. So you might as well enjoy it. You know, I don't, honestly, I don't know how much longer, you know, I'll be a punter. Who knows? No one really knows, you know, like LeBron. I mean, he got, he injured his ankle and he's been out for a while, but like he could come back and something can happen. You never know as an athlete, what can happen. So you might as well like enjoy the time you have um, because it is, it's a sport. It's meant to be enjoyed by the athletes and the fans. So. Yeah, that would be my number one thing is just have fun.
0: And here's the out. Thanks for listening to The Coach Cahill Show. If you found today's show inspiring or helpful, please write us a review on Apple Podcasts or share the show with a friend. Reviews and ratings are what help us continually attract interesting and engaging guests like the one you heard today. Remember, referrals are the best compliment. And here's the out. Thanks for listening to The Coach Cahill Show. If you found today's show inspiring or helpful, please write us a review on Apple Podcasts or share the show with a friend. Reviews and ratings are what help us continually attract interesting and engaging guests like the one you heard today. Remember, referrals are the best compliment.